This is a podcast where I tell stories from the Bible in plain English. The purpose of this podcast is to share some of the fascinating and really crazy things that happen in what is still the world's most popular book. This is not a religious podcast, and in fact, I don't really spend much time on the religious principles behind these stories. Instead, I want to leave any interpretation of these stories up to you. I hope you enjoy. Episode 1, Not My Brother's Keeper, The Story of Cain and Abel, from Genesis 4. Cain scowled as he watched his brother Abel walk towards the field where he was working. The younger man's head cocked slightly back when he made eye contact with Cain, and his long black hair curled around the tops of his shoulders. Cain quickly looked down and began digging the long wooden staff he was holding into the dirt. What's up, Cain? Watch where you're stepping. Abel shoved his brother off the freshly torn dirt. My bad. Hey, Dad just told me I need to go pick a sheep for the sacrifice tomorrow. You want to come? Cain snickered. Yeah, you know, I'd love to, except I'd really rather do basically anything else. Thanks, but no thanks. Oh, come on. They're really not that bad. Can't be any worse than those smelly vegetables you dig up that no one likes. We'll see who likes those smelly vegetables. Cain shoved his brother so hard in the arm that he fell to the ground. Cain stood over him, pausing before lending him a hand. As Cain did extend his arm to help his brother up, he noticed the differences between them. Where Cain's chest was broad and wide, Abel's was narrow and long. Where Cain's hands were thick and covered in hair, Abel's were lean and bare. Cain wrapped his hand around Abel's hand and squeezed tight, maybe a little too tight, on purpose, pulling him up. Abel winced as he stood. Suit yourself. I'm going to pick a sheep. Abel dusted himself off before darting into the paddock. The sheep seemed to baa with glee as he approached, and Cain rolled his eyes. Ugh, even the stupid animals love him. It's not that Cain hated his brother. He didn't. I mean, how can you hate your own flesh and blood? Besides, considering his family was kind of the only humans on earth at this point, who else did he really have to talk to? Cain sighed and leaned against the wooden staff, watching as Abel knelt before the newest lamb of the flock. Cain could tell by the way his head hung low that he'd found his sacrifice. When Cain had first found out he would be a brother, he'd been ecstatic. Finally, a friend to work in the crops with him. He could teach him the ropes. They could make fresh fruit and juice and other things that one does in a prehistoric and biblical world. Together, they would be inseparable, and Cain would teach him everything he knew about working the soil. Their father, Adam, had other plans. Abel wouldn't be working the crops with Cain. No, Abel would be tending to the animals. Their father had said his more gentle nature would work to soothe the animals and provide a more clean sacrifice for Yahweh. As a short aside, Yahweh means God. God has a lot of different names in the Bible, and I'll try to specify what they each mean, but just know Yahweh is God. Back to the story. And then there was Eve, always fawning over how, oh, he's so good at shearing the sheep. Oh, look how smooth he milks the goats. It went on and on and on. Meanwhile, Cain sweated in the field all day, pulling cucumbers, squash, my God, even entire watermelons with his bare hands, and he never got so much as a pat on the back. I like to think of this as Cain's Marsha, Marsha, Marsha moment. 
if you haven't seen The Brady Bunch, I'm really sorry about what just happened. But really, watch The Brady Bunch. Anyways, not this year. This year would be different. Each year, God required that they make a sacrifice to him, to thank him for the blessed life they've been given, and for forgiving them for bringing, I don't know, the sin of the entire world into his brand new creation. But again, that's a story for another day. God commanded that the sacrifice be of an animal, because only the blood of an innocent animal could wash away the sins of man. Again, this is definitely going to be an entire episode. Uh, Sacrificial law in the Old Testament is really detailed, and I won't get into it right now, but just know it had to be an animal. And this year was no different. God commanded a sacrifice, and tomorrow was the day it was due. But this year, Cain wouldn't be throwing some smelly sheep or goat or calf his brother had raised and cried over. Yeah, Abel always cried when they had to kill one of his precious animals. Cain thought it was wimpy. I mean, really, who cries at the death of a completely innocent being? No, this year, Cain would be bringing his own sacrifice to Yahweh. Over the past week, Cain had toiled day in and day out, setting aside the very best fruits and vegetables from his fields and gardens. He'd even made a nice basket of reeds, and he'd been setting aside each day's crops in the basket, paying careful attention to remove any that had inadvertently rotted in the waiting time. This year, Cain would finally earn God's blessing, and more importantly, he would finally be out of the reach of his smaller, skinnier, and younger brother. The next morning, as the sun rose, Abel slowly made his way out to the fence, where the youngest lamb of the flock laid tied to a post. The lamb looked wide-eyed at Abel as he approached, as if knowing what was about to happen. Abel rested his hand on the lamb's head and began speaking softly to it under his breath. Cain raced past him. Wimp. Cain had hidden his prized basket on a large hole beneath a tree at the edge of the field, and he was pretty pleased to see it undisturbed when he reached in and pulled it out. The basket was so heavy and laden with the fruits and vegetables, he could feel the reeds creaking beneath the weight as he carried it to the altar. Adam and Eve each presented their sacrifices first. Eve's a pure white calf, and Adam's a young goat. Abel was next, and by now, the young lamb he'd brought was frantic with the smell of blood in the air, and he bucked and bleated in protest as Abel dragged him towards the blood-stained altar. Goodbye, Abel said, resting his hand on the lamb one final time before bringing the knife completely around its throat. The bleeding stopped. Abel let out one more tear and knelt down, praying and thanking God. Finally, Cain thought. The three family members turned to Cain, and apparently they hadn't noticed the large basket of very dead fruit he had brought instead of a live animal. They all looked very shocked. This... Cain said, raising the basket over his head, "'Is my offering, O Lord!' And with that, Cain laid the basket on the altar. As soon as the reeds touched the stone, a huge thunderbolt erupted from the sky, and clouds filled the air as a mighty voice echoed down from above. "'Hi. Yeah, hi. It's me, the Almighty God. Yeah. What the heck is this?' This is, def- this is definitely not the fresh blood of a lamb. And is that... Oh, gross. Is that okra? As an aside, I tried really hard to do an actual booming voice of God, but I just wasn't intimidating at all. So this is what we're going with. Back to the story. 
yeah, Kane responded. It is the best from my crop. The thunder clapped once more. Yeah, mm, thanks, but no thanks. See, I'm going to need your sacrifice to be a lamb. I thought I made this clear. Yeah, you need to give me something like what your brother Abel gave me. Wow. Kane, why can't you just be more like your brother? This is really not cool. Let's just try it again next year. Okay, buddy. God patted Kane on the head, and after a few seconds, the clouds began to settle, and the sun slowly emerged. Kane looked behind him to his parents, who stood wide-eyed, their mouths hanging open. Let's be real here. These two aren't exactly ones to judge for bad decision-making, considering the desire to eat a piece of fruit and listening to a snake is what led to this whole sacrifice thing in the first place. But again, a story for another day. Abel came up to him. Cain, are you all right? Abel placed his hand on his brother's shoulder. Cain calmly looked down at the hand that now rested on his massive body and then back to his brother's dark black eyes. I'm just fine. His voice was cold as ice. Come, little brother. Perhaps you can teach me how you please the Lord so well. It seems I have a lot to learn from you after all. Cain slapped his brother hard on the back, causing Abel to lurch forward. The last thing Adam and Eve saw of their two sons was the large hand of Cain rested firmly on Abel's shoulder as the two brothers turned and walked into the field. Cain looked back. He could no longer see the house or his parents. Even the animals had disappeared in the distance. They were pretty far away now. You know, Cain, for what it's worth, I thought your basket was really pretty. I mean, look at all the bright colors you had. Cain was silent. Abel walked ahead of him. The grass was tall in this area, so tall it almost touched the bottom of Abel's long hair. Cain quickly surveyed the ground around him before spotting just what he'd been looking for. And again, I mean, he was pretty specific about how it needed to be an animal. Because innocent life and yada yada. But really, I mean, isn't that stuff a little zero BC? Again, Cain was silent. Abel turned around. Cain, he said. The grass was thick and tall, and he could no longer see where his brother had gone. I'm here. Abel heard a voice from behind him. He turned around to see his brother standing squarely in front of the path he'd just been on. In his hand was a rock. Whew, thank the Lord. I was beginning to get pretty worried. Hey, what are you doing with that rock? Cain looked down at his hand and back at Abel. He took a step forward. Finally doing what the Lord commanded, Cain said, his teeth curling back behind his lips. I'm giving the Lord a blood sacrifice. Abel's eyes widened with horror as Cain raised his hand and lunged at Abel. He began to run back as he just missed the first blow but tripped on a vine that had grown along the path. Abel raised his hands, now defenseless against his older brother. He began to yell, but before he could finish his scream, Cain's large hand came crashing down, smashing Abel's skull with a rock. The body fell to the ground with a heavy thud. Abel laid silent, a thick trail of blood pouring out from his temple, his eyes still open, frozen in fear.
The sky darkened once more, and the thunder returned louder than ever before. <clears throat> Kane, yeah. Hey, uh, what are you doing? And where is your brother? Kane threw the rock to the side and slid some loose grass over his very dead and very bloody brother's corpse. He responded to the Lord. Uh, how do I know? I'm not my brother's keeper. Side note, can I just point out that this is a pretty ballsy thing to say. I mean, you literally just killed your brother and you're talking to the god of the universe. You have to know you're going to get caught, right? I mean, this is the original caught red-handed set of facts here. Of course, God being all-powerful and all-knowing responds. Right, so first of all, nice try. But I'm God, and I see the body of your dead brother right behind you. Also, I'm God, so I just saw you hit him over the head with that rock from heaven. Also, his blood is literally crying out to me from the ground as we speak. Ugh, of course it is, thought Cain. Little twerp is still crying even after he's dead. For whatever reason, God didn't kill Cain. I don't really know why. If there was ever a reason that would be justified for killing someone in the Bible, it seems like this would be it. And the more we learn about the Bible, the more you'll see that people die for way, way less. Maybe it was just a population issue at this point, but either way, Cain survived. God told Cain that from this day forward, whenever he tried to work in the field, no matter how hard he tried, he would never grow another crop. No more fruits, no more veggies, no more fresh pressed juice on a Monday morning. Basically, he stripped Cain of his livelihood and, at this point, kind of the ability to live. Then he told Cain he needed to leave. He no longer had a home with his parents and that he'd be cursed to wander the earth the rest of his life. That's right, folks. God made Cain the first hobo. Cain whined and told God the punishment didn't fit the crime. Really? God said. I mean, you just murdered your little brother. And you're like the first person to murder anyone ever. So, I think it's a pretty fair deal. You best be off. Cain began his life on the road and settled in a place east of Eden named Nod, which in Hebrew means wandering. And for those literary nerds out there, yes, this is exactly where John Steinbeck got the name for his famous novel, East of Eden. Shameless plug, if you haven't read it, please read East of Eden. It is classic. God didn't completely screw over Cain, though, and presuming that eventually someone would come after him for killing his brother, God promised that anyone who harmed him would be punished. Cain eventually married a woman whose name the Bible doesn't give us. Because as you'll see, women and men are not created equally in the Bible. It's also important to note that Genesis never tells us where this wife comes from, but most sources agree it was probably a sister. Gross. Regardless, Cain and his sister wife had a son named Enoch. Adam and Eve eventually recovered from their grief and had another son. His name was Seth.
closing, I'd just like to say I took a lot of creative liberties with telling the story, and I'm going to do that a lot on this podcast. It makes it an actual story. I mean, this scripture on this series of events is only 24 verses, and it's located in Genesis chapter 4 for anyone who's interested in reading the original source. I'd also like to say that while I do have a pretty extensive educational background in biblical history, exegesis, apologetics, hermeneutics, and Christian theology in general, I am not a biblical authority, and I never went to seminary. As I said, I shy away from most of the religious aspects of the stories in this podcast, but if you're interested in learning more about that, please let me know. I also recently started a website to accompany this podcast called BibleBabblePodcast.Weebly.com. You can go there for some of the sources that I use and more background information about the episode. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I'm Casey Martin, and may the Lord bless and keep you.